It's a great day for a podcast. Once again, here he is, John Oakley. Let me get Mark Entwistle in here. Uh, Mark, I appreciate you joining us on the fly here. Mark, as you know, uh, was a former prime minister's, uh, this is Brian Mulroney's press secretary, as well as an ambassador to Cuba and the former Soviet Union. Uh, always appreciate your joining us. John Oakley here, Ben O'Hara Byrne on the line as well. Uh, so, Mark, as the press secretary for Brian Mulroney, uh, what are your thoughts right now, having heard the news within the last hour and a bit? <clears throat> well, uh, thanks, John. Um, uh, obviously, I personally very sad, and I, I must admit to be feeling kind of empty. Uh, um, he was a uh, 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 sort of a, a, a big, bigger than life kind of person who who, who thought big and was ambitious, um, but at the same time cared so much about people. You know, the the stories about Brian Mulroney are legendary about about you know how how he would reach out to people. I remember walking with him on the streets of Montreal, and people would come up to him, and he 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 seemed to know everybody. He knew. You know that their their mother was in the hospital, or how's their how's their daughter doing? You know, and who's just going to start at at school or whatever. And he knew who everybody. He would call. I remember him calling. You know, caucus members all the time, constantly. He was legendary for this kind of thing um, because he really did. I think you know care about people. And when Jean Chrétien mentioned, I did catch uh, that you know the clip of him saying that. Uh, uh, that in fact they 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 you know kind of liked each other and and would would talk to each other about uh, about solving things. I remember very clearly when I was uh, Brian's press secretary. There's a tunnel that John that goes from um, an underground tunnel that goes from the Langevin building in Ottawa, which is where the office, the prime minister's sort of more um, public service office is. He, he also has a, a, a an office on the hill itself in the center block, but. There's a tunnel that goes underneath uh, where you can go you know, uh, uh, um, in the winter, etc. And I remember him and Jean Chrétien walking together, and they'd have you know staffers and securities hold back, and they'd just walk together uh, in this tunnel, um, side by side, shoulders touching, you know, I, 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 and and engaged in conversation. They were looking for solutions to fix problems for the country, and uh, they were obviously, you know, political opponents. And uh, you know, they, you know, in the House of Commons, they'd spar, but they they were um, in private here trying to to to. Um, uh, 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 collaborate and 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 find solutions uh, for problems. Uh, I, I don't want to be you know overly pessimistic about our current state of affairs, but I'm not totally sure one would see that anymore. Hmm. Uh, I hope it comes back. Uh, but uh, it was um, a different time in some ways. Uh, uh, but uh, he, um, you know, he 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 never stopped working. It, 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 he was. You know, personally hurt. Oftentimes, I was with him throughout the whole Charlottetown Accord, and he put so much passion into that to try to do what he thought was best for the country in terms of constitutional unity. Um, and he knew there were risks, and in the end, it didn't work, and uh, it was pretty devastating for him. Again, Mark Entwistle, uh, 15 years, uh, a Canadian diplomat, served in Israel and Russia, but also press secretary and director of communications to the former prime minister of Canada, Brian Mulroney. Uh, Mark, I mean, 
We live in different times now with social media and so on and so forth. Uh, but at the time, as his press secretary, and I, I referenced this a, a while back upon the news, uh, Brian Mulroney was very attentive to the media and he'd always come out, what are the boys saying, that kind of thing. <laughs> what, what do you recall his relationship with the media was and uh, how maybe you would have to be the point person or run interference in that regard? Well, yeah, yeah. The relationship between Brian Mulroney and the media was uh, was interesting. Um, he would often proclaim in public that he didn't care what what <laughs> what they said, and he didn't read newspapers and this kind of thing. Which, John, you and I know wasn't true. Um, uh, he he was very attuned to to uh, um, uh, you know to classically what 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 they were saying, and uh, I would always get the phone call right uh, after any kind of thing, sort of. So what what's the buzz? What are they saying? Um, but he had a profound respect for the media. This is the thing. You know, he would get, uh, um, how do I say, up, upset from time to time if there was uh, coverage that he thought was uh, uh, inaccurate or unfair. I was often charged with going to remote journalists or the publisher of the Toronto Star at the time, John Hontrick. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, the premise would be a little exercise, but, you know, and uh, he didn't really expect me to do that. Uh, he was sort of venting a little bit, but at the same time, he had profound respect for the role of, of a free media in the country. He had, uh, uh, he valued personal relationships with reporters. He phoned reporters and journalists too, if he knew that 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 they were having problems or they were sick. I mean, there's lots of of, of, of cases uh, of that. Um, and I think the press gallery in Ottawa too. Uh, um, uh, you know, I dealt with them on a daily basis, as you know. Uh, uh, we had kind of a mantra where we may not be able to tell uh, 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 journalists everything because there are legitimately some things that are, you know, confidential and secret in government for a reason. Um, they're not for public consumption because they're sensitive, delicate, could relate to national security and or ongoing negotiations of some kind. So you can't tell people everything. Um, but uh, we had a, a mantra, and, 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 and Brian Mulroney was so supportive of this, never lie to them. Um, and uh, uh, so it, it was, uh, you know, there were moments of tension. I remember, uh, you know, some very specific moments of tension with a, with a, a particular journalist from Quebec, uh, who had challenged Mr. Mulroney's um, Quebec um, credentials, shall we say? You know, this is a a, a, a person who you know came from Bécamont and uh, uh, you know was educated at, at uh, Laval University. He perceived himself and believed himself, and part of his identity was as a proud Quebecer. Um, and uh, to be, you know, challenged on that, and there were some pretty fiery personal uh, um, uh, disagreements, but at the same time, you know, the, the very same journalist, sometimes, you know, he, he had the most warm uh, conversations with them and, 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 and would, uh, would uh, help them uh, if they needed a hand with family or whatever. So it was, um, uh, um, as always with political figures, it was complicated, but a very uh, but he held the media in high respect. On a lighter note, let me ask. I mean, as his press secretary, and you know his, uh, let's say uh, his way of dealing with the media or uh, perceiving the media. You know, I'm thinking about uh, was it Terry Mosier and uh, Ben? You can hop in here and tell me, or was it uh, maybe Andy Donato here in Toronto? The cartoons of Mulroney uh, with his yeah. chin in a brazier. <laughs> You remember that one? <laughs> 
I know. Was that Aislin? Was that Aislin? Um, I'm trying to remember back because he, I mean, over the years, he had so many good ones. But yeah, yeah. I, I'll have to look it up. I'll have to look it up. But yeah, I mean, Brian Mulrooney, because he had this sort of very square jaw, right? He was almost tailor-made for the, for the political cartoonists. And they jumped on that very quickly yeah, when it came absolutely. to it. Memory right. serves. You would know this better than I do. Yes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And of course, you know, like all good, you know, politicians who tend to default to language and stories that they know. So you guys have covered politics for a long time. You know that if you are around political figures, you hear the same stories, the same jokes, the same, you know, kind of uh, 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 stories, you know, often repeated over and over. And the, the press, the press gallery guys who would travel with uh, with us, you know, and we traveled uh, all over the world and, of course, across Canada endlessly, um, you know, could recite the jokes, you know, word for word. But uh, Brian Mulroney always, he, he, he had that kind of self-deprecating humor, too, that uh, uh, still had them all in stitches. And, uh He'd make fun of his own chin, right? He was always, he was leading with his chin, and uh, um, so there, there were times when things were very serious, and other times when uh, there was a lot of camaraderie. And I, I think, you know, everybody thought that that, that you know uh, uh, we, we were all Canadians, and uh, in our own, everybody in their own way was trying to do good things for the country. He genuinely it, it was. Go it, ahead, Ben. Go ahead. It, it was. It, it, it was Aislinn. I looked it back up. I looked it back up. It was Aislinn, and he had that famous one of him in like a basketball out, uh, <laughs> uniform, and, and with the brazier carrying the two parts of his cleft chin. Right. I guess. I guess. I guess politicians become. Yeah, I guess politicians become immune to that stuff, sort of. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so much of it, right? <laughs> and, and and I think, you know, all of that's fair game, and he'd even probably have a laugh. Uh, where it didn't get fair, where it was no longer fair game, and I don't know if you guys recall, there used to be a, a satirical magazine called Frank Magazine uh, in Indeed, Ottawa. Yeah. Who, who, you remember who would, uh, you know, skewer uh, politicians regularly. Um, uh, uh, there's a long tradition. Of the, the UK has them. The Americans have them. Um, uh, there was one time in particular I do remember when they went way over the line uh, and, and made comments about his daughter, Caroline. And uh, there you saw him as a father, you know, seeing red. And I've never seen him so angry as that. So, you know, there was a, the odd, but that was not the norm. That was not the norm. The norm, I think, was a view that, uh, uh, you know, as long as they basically give, give me a fair shake, you know, I can take all the, all the, the bullets. Yeah, I recall that episode now that you brought it to mind with Caroline Mulroney. That was like uh, the low point of that magazine, number one. But number two, uh, how Brian Mulroney might have reacted. I think he wanted to throttle the people behind that. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, one of my jobs was to explain that. But um, yeah, yeah, he was very, very upset. And, and and it was one of the first times he was, you know, really personally hurt. Which is understandable. Mark, let me ask you, I mean, he genuinely liked Ronald Reagan, did he not, and vice versa? Yes. Yes. Yes, he did. And George and and, and George W. H. Bush as well. Um, he did. He did. He liked them. He did. Personally. Did they, did they spend any personal time away from the politics of it and, you know, the heady things that uh, were being broached between the two countries? Uh, did they have any personal time together? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They did. Um, uh 
uh, Brian Mulroney went to num- several times to President Bush's family compound in Maine at, at Kennebunkport. Um, were just sort of you know personal. Now, personal when there's prime minister and a president involved, it's not kind of like personal like we would think, where you know you're kind of at the cottage, right? Mm. There's Secret Service, uh, you know, helicopter landing pads, Air Force One, uh, not Air Force One, uh, Marine One, uh, you know, the presidential helicopter that ferries people around, and uh, you know, snipers in trees and 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 that kind of thing because it's the president. But uh, they spent, you know, time there and uh, uh, very, very few foreign leaders, uh, you know, kind of got into the personal inner sanctums of an American president like that. Uh, I was with him at Kennebunkport a couple of times. Uh, we were uh, we went to Camp David, which, uh, again, was relatively rare, which was a very what kind of crazy place. Um um, and, uh, he's, he, and of course he spent time with, uh, with Reagan from time to time, but I, I, well, I don't have a line of sight on the Reagan years as much, but certainly with president, president Bush senior, um, that was a very close and highly respectful relationship. And I think the president, uh, considered him, a, uh, in addition to the prime minister of Canada friend. Did he ever uh, relate to you what he felt were his greatest accomplishments or conversely disappointments? I can do the, the, the certainly, well, uh, I'll do, yes, I'll do the both. I, I think um, a greatest, in his mind, I believe his greatest accomplishments would be um, um, transformational uh, politics uh, uh, around the Canadian economy, um, and here, of course, it's free trade, which uh, was a defining uh, piece for him as it morphed from the free trade agreement uh, uh, and then into the NAFTA. Um, uh, he would also he would also uh, um, probably, uh, um, although this sounds counterintuitive, name the, the GST as well. Uh, because it provided a degree of, of, of fiscal security to the Canadian government and and uh, made transparent the taxes that had been previously hidden as a manufacturer sales tax that nobody saw and didn't know. Um, of course, uh, he was, uh, um, I think, proud of his environmental record. Uh, uh, if I'm not mistaken, even, you know, kind of veteran environmentalists like Elizabeth May have called him the greenest prime minister ever. Um, the Asagreen Accord, etc. Um, uh, on the uh, foreign affairs, obviously the str- the struggle to dismantle, you know, apartheid. Um, so there's a whole bunch, of, and 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 his attempts on the national unity front too. He spent enormous amounts of time on this. Uh, it didn't work, uh, but he felt that the country needed Quebec better uh, to be included. And of course, you know, historians and political scientists will argue, you know, now forever about about you know the formation, how it created the bloc, you know, uh, the bloc Québécois, etc. But at the time, he truly was uh, attempting to um, uh, bring Quebec into the fold and and finish unfinished business. Those were great disappointments to him, though, especially Charlottetown when it failed in Newfoundland and in Manitoba. Uh, he was personally, you know, that was, I think was a very difficult uh, time for him. Mark, after his life in politics, did you stay in touch? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I didn't see him all the time. And, 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 you know, we were never, you know, we're not buddies. <laughs> we hang around. But uh, 
I, uh, we always had a, a, an excellent relationship, uh, um, and, and I did see him a number of times, and he was very involved in all, you know, in public life still. He would lend his name to um, causes of all kinds. Um, of course, he was still involved in business for a number of years after, uh, as mo- you know, most sort of former prime ministers do. Um, he um, uh, worked hard to establish uh, a center for for public policy at Saint, at uh, Saint Francis Xavier Saint Avax University in Nova Scotia, where he also went and was a very proud alumnus, and that was a very important part of his life. Um, yeah, yeah, he, uh, he kept, you know, obviously very active, um, and, uh, um, he advised the current prime minister on renegotiating the NAFTA with President Trump. So he was involved in all kinds of stuff. And, uh, I did see him fairly often and he was in good spirits. He started to ail though, you know, as, as you guys know, he, he started, he had several rounds of illness and, 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 and was starting to uh, uh, to struggle um, with health. So uh, I guess, it you know, it, it, it caught up to him. As it did uh, earlier this evening, passing at the age of 84, surrounded by family. Uh, he died peacefully, as we note. And uh, I appreciated Mark Antwistle as one who served with Brian Mulroney as his press secretary and director of communications. Uh, I appreciate your weighing in this afternoon or this evening as uh, the case has it. It's a sad note, but uh, you've enlightened us all uh, as you were part of the inner sanctum. Appreciate it very much. You're welcome, John. Take care. Listen to the John Oakley show live each weekday afternoon from three until six. If you live in the Toronto area, just turn that AM dial to six forty. And listen anywhere on earth, 24 hours a day, by going to 640toronto.com. Follow on Twitter at AM640Oakley. You've been listening to A Curious Cast. New podcasts and shows are debuting all the time. So check back often to see what's new in the Curious Cast library.